What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Friday, April. Tw- no, that's not even fuck. Damn, it's May, isn't it? Shit. It is May. It's God, be how May. does time work anymore? I don't know, man. You know? Fast and Furious 9 would have been out today. Uh, don't even bring this stuff up. Because then you start thinking about Ghostbusters. That was going to be coming up here and the thing, too. Yeah. I mean, I still got you know, two months or whatever, I guess. We got Tenet anyway. to look forward to. That's the thing. Should July I see 17th. the last Nolan movie? In theaters. The Dunkirk, right? That was I it. haven't seen it either. We will when go. we do Nolan in review eventually. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's how that works. Kevin, do the intro again. Don't cut it or anything. Just let me. I need to be in this. I need to be in there. In all the right? I can't. I can't give them that. I can't give them that to end their week. Got all right? them Friday feelings. I get it. Let's Got go. Them Friday feels. Look, I don't want to lie to you. The only way I have it set up is it's gonna cut it. Unless actually, let me try something. I'm loving it. You know, I once saw a concert of Kanye West and Jay Z. Shut up! Shut up! Where. I said shut up! Then just do it already! It's just a black screen with nothing happening! (laughs) What's up, everybody? Welcome to Kind of Funny Games Daily for Friday, May 22nd, 2020. I'm one of your hosts, Greg Miller, alongside Forbes 30 Under 30, a.k.a. the second best baby blues in San Francisco, a.k.a. the engaged one at Tim Yeti's. Let Tim host. How you doing, Greg Miller? I'm great, but I need to hear this story. You once saw Kanye West and Kim Kardashian in a no, concert. No, no, no. Ka- Kanye West and, and Jay-Z did the Watch the Throne concert together. And the, okay. the gimmick of the concert was they'd end the show with the song Paris. And every time they performed in a new city, they'd do it again. You de- the, the ball so hard. You, you definitely know the song. You definitely know the ball song. Ball so hard, motherfuckers want to find me. There we oh, go. Yeah, there okay. we go. So uh, they would do the song at the, to end the show. And then people ding, like, encore, ding, encore. Ding. Exactly. Yeah, okay. They would do it again. Every time they'd go to a new city, they would add another time they would do it. So it got to oh. the point they did it 13 times in L.A. Damn. And every time, it sounds stupid, but yeah. every time it got crazier and crazier, and like they would add some element to it, and eventually they ended up like mosh pitting with people, and it was insane. Damn. I saw them in San Jose, and they only did it four times, but it was still really cool. Okay. I don't know why I brought that up. Oh, because because like we redid the intro. Do, they would end end the song and they'd go again and then the crowd would go fucking crazy and then it would start oh, shit, again. Huh? That's how I felt yeah. here. You know what I mean? With kind of funny games daily. Again, and then Kevin like played it flawlessly. And then Kevin started. again. <laughs> I like the sheepish uh, you hit hear him hit the button, like he's gonna say something, then he takes it off. Like he's trying to think if he can actually do it. No, uh, I'm sorry it. about that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, He's not as good as Jay Z and uh, Kim I, Kardashian's people. I have uh, my, uh, no my time. headphones on, and somebody called me right when you said again, and then it switched over, and I couldn't get it to stop. I don't know if I'm proud of us or I hate us. It's somewhere in between. Greg, let's talk about some video games. <laughs> yeah, let's Why talk about how it's been a record-setting to- April for video games. We know more about the Ghost of Tsushima. And Naughty Dog's Twitter plan is enacted to spoil the spoilers because this is Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, be part of the show. Patreon.com slash Games. You can give us your questions, comments, concerns, everything under the video game sun. Then you... 
can tune in live uh, to come watch and do all that stuff. But before you do any of that, remember over on patreon.com slash kind of funny games where you put the questions in, you can get the show ad free. You can get it with the exclusive post show. You can support all the craziness and whatever the hell this is. We'll get Kevin headphones that won't switch over whenever somebody calls them. Uh, however, if you have no bucks to toss our way, it's no big deal. Go to twitch.tv slash kind of funny games. You can watch as we record the show live uh, each and every morning, 10 a.m. ish Pacific time. Uh, you watch live and you have a special job. Go to kind of funny.com slash your wrong and tell us what we screw up as we screw it up so we can set the record straight for everybody watching later on youtube.com slash kind of funny games roosterteeth.com and listening on podcast services around the globe housekeeping for you uh we streamed some core yesterday remember we are in the midst of the kind of funny core game jam you can go to kind of funny.com slash game jam uh you go there uh, first off go to core games i guess.com download core the alpha for free it has a whole bunch of fun games in there even if you don't want to create anything but if you want to create stuff uh they're doing a competition giving away more than five thousand dollars in prizes and uh all you have to do is make kind of funny themed things they've expanded it a bit so you go there and you donate or you go there and you submit uh your your multiplayer games you've created right they'll give our extra life team 100 bucks but now they've put out a call to help build out the kind of funny hub world they are just looking for things to put into the kind of funny hub world so if you just want to go there and make a milk mommy if you just want to go there and make a portillo just sculpt something that is now on the table as well details of course at kind of slash game jam for now let's thank our patreon producers mohammed mohammed aka momo uh blackjack Al Tribesman, the Predator. Uh, today we're brought to you by Brooklyn and an ExpressVPN, but I'll tell you about that later for now. Let's be in the show with what is and forever will be the Roper Report. Time for some news. Five items on the Roper Report. Uh, Baker's Dozen. Also, I figured you. out how to do this, and now I can do the intro whenever you want without fucking up the video. Again. Yeah, we got some humdingers. We got some humdingers in here because you say five, it doesn't sound like a jam-packed rope mm-hmm. report. We're gonna be here for the next forty minutes, guaranteed. Yes, so let's I get to the, let's get to the very first. I'm gonna take a sip of water. Hold on. I, I'm gonna propose something even before we get into this. I'm, I'm seeing a name here, Jeff Grubb. I just proposed that like this summer, let's just change the name of the show to kind of funny Jeff Grubb Daily. Okay, he's providing all the news. It's him, him alone out there. That's what it. we need, what we now need to do is here's what we're doing. We're putting this out to the community as well. All right, we need some when I, you know Eric Castro always says, "Let's get some grub." Right? We need like mm-hmm. a grub in a grub in graphic. You know what I mean? That way, when it is a Jeff Grub graphic, we hit it and is he like the grub comes through? Chomp, 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 you know what I mean? Oh, right, Grubs right. I don't think have teeth, do they? He does. So. Well, he- it's <laughs> <laughs> so, so it works. <laughs> that is true. Jeff Grubb does have teeth. I have that on the record. I can't confirm. Uh, so yeah, we're gonna start and be here for a while with Jeff Grubb over at Venture Beat, who writes about the April 2020 NPD numbers that have come in. Let's start with game the games, just straight up games. We're talking about software. Cooped up gamers spent truckloads of cash on video games in April, according to the industry tracking firm, the NPD Group. Spending on tracked new games, hardware, accessories, and game cards hit $1.5 billion. Games like Final Fantasy VII Remake and Animal Crossing New Horizons contributed to the growth. Quote, April 2020 tracked spending across video game, hardware, software, accessories, and game cards totaled $1.5 billion, 73% higher when compared to a year ago, NPD analyst Matt Piscatella said. 
This is a new record high in reported spend for an April month, eclipsing the $1.2 billion generated in April 2008. The strong performance for March and April pushed up 2020's year-to-date results as well. Year-to-date, 2020 tracked spending across video game hardware, software, accessories, and game cards reached $4.5 billion, said Piscatella. That's up 12% when compared to a year ago. NPD tracks uh, physical sales at retailers, but it also gets digital data directly from publishers. But not every company participates. For example, Nintendo doesn't share its first-party digital sales, and Activision Blizzard does not provide its Battle.net sales. This chart also does not include microtransactions, subscriptions, or anything beyond full-game sales. With those caveats in mind, it is best to think of this as a very useful snapshot of a much more dynamic industry. Uh, These charts are sorted by dollar sales, not number of units sold. So, Tim Geddes. Yes. Are you ready for the top 20 games? I'm very much ready. This is how it shakes out in April's NPD. Again, we'll talk, We'll tell you when the digital number is not included. I think mainly it's Animal Crossing, but here we go. Final Fantasy VII Remake takes the number one slot. Uh, Piscatella says, Final Fantasy VII Remake was the best-selling game of April and instantly becomes the number three best-selling game year-to-date. Final Fantasy VII Remake is currently the best-selling game of 2020 on PlayStation 4. Uh, Square Enix's massive reimagining the PlayStation Classic is also setting a new high, setting new highs for the franchise. Quote: Final Fantasy VII Remake sets a new launch month Final Fantasy franchise sales record in both unit and dollar sales, said Piscatella. Both records were previously held by Final Fantasy XV, which launched in December 26 tracking period. In the December 2016 tracking period, you love to see it, man. Uh, this it, I mean, deserve this is, it. This is great news. Game deserves it. Definitely want to see. Uh, you know this. This is only good news to for the sequels, right? Like, mm-hmm. I feel like this is going to prioritize those, not that they are, weren't already, but I feel like you never know what Square's doing, and they're always working on too much at once. And sure. It, it, at least the last generation or two. Like, it's been kind of a disaster in terms of release schedule. This gives me at least a little bit more hope that, you know, the, the proof's in the pudding, the number's there, they're going to go forward and keep pumping out these Final Fantasy VII games. Um, so here's a question for you. Yeah. Do you you talk about the sequels, right? You know, whatever's going to happen with Final Fantasy VII Part Two or whatever they want to call it. Mm-hmm. Do you think that that the se- the sequel will sell as well as this, or was it, is this a, spe- a special thing where it was such pent up, everybody was so ready for this and didn't know what they were going to get that so many people were paying attention, or is it going to be that now it, after that they have new fans like myself who are t- totally stoked to do it again? Yeah, that's the thing is I I think there's a lot of different factors that are uh, kind of competing. To, to answer that question there, where I, I think that at the end of the day, yes, it'll sell more simply because it's going to be available on more consoles. Um, like that, that's the interesting thing here too, is this is a PS4 exclusive right now. So that's already limiting how well this game could sell. If it was also on Xbox, I imagine it would be even higher right now, right? Yeah, great point, great point. Um, you got to imagine that when the next one comes out, it won't be exclusive. Maybe, I don't know, maybe Sony will like figure something out there too, but I think that'll help. The new fans will help. And also I, I don't think, that there are many people that bought this one that aren't going to buy the next one that were original Final Fantasy VII mm-hmm, fans. Mm-hmm. I know the the ending was divisive to people, but I I saw Grimecraft talking a lot of shit, not liking the end. Is there Fucking a chance in hell Grimecraft's not buying and playing the next one? No, <laughs> you know what I mean. So I, I feel like that's kind of the thing. I think that the that the next one definitely could sell more than this one. Interesting. 
Uh, moving on to the list here, number two was Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Call of Duty Modern Warfare repeats as the number two best-selling game of the month and remains the best-selling game both year-to-date as well as for the last uh, for the 12-month period ending April 2020, said Piscatella. Call of Duty Modern Warfare is currently the fourth fastest-selling release in U.S. tracked history. Dollar sales through the first seven months in market. Uh, no, I have nothing to add there. Call of Duty is Call of Duty. Call of Duty going to Call of Duty. I mean, but that's that's the thing. Call of Duty is still Call of Duty. And I think yeah. that, that is at, like, ironically, something to actually call out and point attention to. And especially in a time when uh, we're in, video games are weird. Less games are coming out right now because of all the situation that we're in. And uh, when we look at Final Fantasy and Animal Crossing and all that, like that stuff makes sense because those are the new hot games coming out. Um, I am a little surprised to not see Doom on this uh but the, everything around it we got the obvious stuff the grand theft autos and the sports games and stuff but i think the call of duty modern warfare coming out last november still kind of being here that high you know above animal crossing is like there's still real staying power with that franchise uh doubling back to what you just said there you're surprised that doom eternal isn't here in the top 20 mm-hmm. why because it's a major game that came out in a time when there's not many games coming out and people are at home mm. Right. I feel. I think. I think that speaks back to what I've talked about a few times on shows, not as like a major point, but just say, "Hey, what? Remember Doom? I feel like Doom had like no legs. I feel like Doom. People were hyped for it coming out, and it came out, and it reviewed really well. And people, I think the people who bought it bought it in March when it came out on the twentieth, right? And mm-hmm. we're like, cool, this is great. But I, it's that thing where it's like the conversation crescendoed there and went away. Like I do yeah. not hear people talking about it, and I think it's also part of the problem we talk about all the time of being a sequel to an incredibly impressive game right but being a sequel to a game that it's more doom like granted i know i know that you know there's jumping and there's platforming and stuff like that but it it isn't as i don't want to say crazy but it isn't as revolutionary it isn't as bright and shiny as new as doom 2016 was so all that's true but we're talking about the top 20 selling games for a game that at that point we're talking 10 days out from its release right sure that, that these these uh numbers are actually counting and jumping ahead on the list here a little bit it's like would you bet that Doom Eternal, when it's brand new, sold more than Need for Speed Heat in the month of April than That's Dragon Ball That's Z fair. Kakarot? You, you get what I'm saying? Like, well, Dragon Ball these people, they're crazy. Who knows? I mean, who knows? But I, 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 I'm pretty surprised that like that game came out in January, Dragon Ball, I'm pretty sure. And it's just like for it to have legs to get to number God, 20. Was it January? I think so. Fuck, because I remember Andy playing in the office and blessing and Imran playing in the office, and I'm like, oh, that must have been last year. <laughs> it it, it might have been first week of February, but it was like it was around that time period. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, I am pretty surprised that it's not on the list. I'm honestly surprised it's not in the top 10. Mm, okay. Well, moving on though, number three is Animal Crossing New Horizons. This does have an asterisk. Uh, I believe that they Nintendo, of course, doesn't, as they already said, don't share uh, the digital sales for first party stuff. Uh, but that means that without digital sales included, Animal Crossing was still able to be at number three for the month. Animal Crossing New Horizons ranked as the third best selling game of April and repeats as the second best selling game of 2020 year to date, said Piscatella. Animal Crossing New Horizons is the best selling title on Switch for the 12 month period ending April 2020. Just gonna keep on going, Tim. Keep you don't on need going, other games. Man. You know what I mean? When have I mean, you decided to join us yet? Are you gonna make no. an island? Are you gonna be a true Nintendo fanboy and can just do it? Mm-mm. Can't do it. It's I don't know what Joey's doing wrong at that house, but she's doing something wrong. She's doing she a lot wrong. It to you. Yeah, it's upsetting. All she does is play Animal Crossing. Like it is insane how much she is holding that Switch. Anytime yeah. we're watching a movie, she's just sitting here playing. Some getting the goddamn turnips. 
Museums yeah. and shit. It's crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to. Crazy. Stamps, I understand. Uh, number four, uh, NBA 2K20. Number five, Grand Theft Auto V, of course. Number six, Resident Evil 3. Uh, and I, mm, now I'm starting to see your Doom argument a bit more. You know right? what I mean? RE3 yeah. was a game that also, I feel like, came out and we didn't talk about it. Or not we. I mean, us as an industry really didn't talk that much afterwards. Yeah, I mean, it's just weird because, like, I, I just feel that there's been so much conversation around, like, oh, man, this, these times are crazy and Animal Crossing is totally benefiting from all this and blah, blah, blah. And it's, like, it's weird that the Animal Crossing and Final Fantasy are, but then all these, like, other games we don't talk about the same way. And it's, like, I, I get that there's the single-player aspect of it all and, like, just kind of the one and doneness, whereas, like, yeah. Final Fantasy, sim- single-player, but a lot longer. And also there's so much more legacy going into that. But Resident Evil 3 coming in at 6, it's like, yeah, Doom should be probably around there. Uh, Number 7, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 Remastered. Number 8, MLB The Show 20. Number 9, Madden NFL 20. Number 10, Red Dead Redemption 2. Number 11, Just Dance 2020. Uh, Number 12, FIFA 20. Number 13, Mortal Kombat 11. Number 14, Borderlands 3. Number 15, Predator Hunting Grounds. Fuck yes. Holy shit. I didn't see that. That's fucking that's awesome. That's hilarious. Well, lie to you, that's the whole reason I read through this far. Usually I would just give you the top 10, but when I saw Predator gotcha. knocking on the door 15, I was like, why don't we do the full top 20? Why not? Gotcha. Uh we God, we're still playing that. I can't believe and here's the thing about it, Tim, is I know you hate us and you don't want to be around us and you're actually enjoying being all alone in your office. Yeah. Uh you gotta get on this with us. Cause if we got Nick, and Nick is so into it, he's so he's into so it. It's into adorable, it. Tim. It's, it's so adorable. Funny. We played like three nights watching, in a row. I just love watching from a distance. Just see it, you guys. Just play. It's hilarious. You're missing out. I'll tell you what. You know, that Blessing kid, first off, he the first two nights of the week where we tried to play this with him, he fell asleep too early. He just mm. fell asleep before he could do it. Last mm. night he came and he played the last two rounds as Predator. He's a good Predator. I'm proud yeah. of him. He's a good Predator. I'll tell you who's terrible at Predator. pisses me off, though. Fran. Because it's yeah. never Fran's fault whenever things go wrong, and it's always somebody else's fault. You know what I mean? I'm seeing a lot of things in Fran I don't like when I play Predator with them, but I digress. It's probably a game <laughs> topic. We should bring him on just to yell at him. Uh, number 16, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Number 17, Star Wars uh, Jedi Fallen Order. Number 18, Persona 5 Royal. Uh, number 19, uh, Need for Speed Heat. And number 20, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. I'm going to say something that I'm going to get a lot of shit for, Greg. Sure. I got to say, I'm surprised that Red Dead Redemption 2 has the type of legs that it does. Grand Theft Auto is Grand Theft Auto. It's going to always be here. But it's crazy to me that somehow Rockstar, it's a Rockstar secret sauce that they figured out. And sure, a lot of it has to do with online and all that stuff. But like, I don't hear people talking about Red Dead Online at all. Yeah. And that's the thing I've I've struggled with, uh, again, because, you know, the way games are now, if you're not in the community, you don't know what's going on in those communities. And so the fact that, yeah, we don't hear anybody talk about Red Dead Online for the most part makes me wonder how big that is. But I remember when, Granted, I, I'm not saying it's as big as it by any, but I remember when people weren't talking about GTA Online either. And then yeah. all of a sudden it started to get this momentum like, hey, you've seen this? Oh my God, look at this. And then, then numbers started coming out about how much uh, money they were making off. And of that's that's industry. the thing is eventually we heard those stories. I haven't even seen those headlines about Red Dead, you know, like uh, talking yeah. about the economy, talking about like, like whether there's controversy or not or whatever. It's just like, I don't see that. And it's, I don't know, it's just weird to me. I remember a couple of years back on a Gamescast uh, Jared Petty was saying that Red Dead Redemption 2 was going to outsell GTA 5. And I was like, you're you're a fucking idiot. And it's like, <laughs> I, I get that what he was saying there. He wasn't literally saying that it was going to, but he was like, no, it's going to sell uh, comparably. And I I got to fucking eat my words here. It's like, this this 
is so impressive to me, and I just wouldn't have thought it. It's like we don't see God of War on this list. Yeah, you know what I mean. And yeah. it's like no, no, you make a good point. But you digress. I do. Uh, like March, April was a historic uh, was historic for game sales. Dollar sales. Tra- oh, this is a quote, by the way. Dollar sales of tracked video game software increased fifty five percent in April compared to a year ago to six hundred and sixty two million dollars. Said Piscatella. This is a new record high for an April month. The previous record of $642 million was set in April 2008. And 2020 is tracking to be well ahead of 2019. Quote, year-to-date sales of tracked video game software now exceed $2 billion, uh, 6% higher when compared to a year ago. Uh, right now, the top 10 best-selling games this, of the year so far are Number one, Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Number two, Animal Crossing New Horizons with that asterisk. Uh, number three, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Number four, uh, NBA 2K20. Number five, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot. Number six, MLB The Show 20. Number seven, Grand Theft Auto V. Number eight, Resident Evil 3. Number nine, Madden NFL 20. And number 10, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe asterisk. Mario Kart 8, man. Never going to go away? Never. Yeah, yeah. Crazy crazy uh let's talk about hardware though this is also of course uh jeff grubb grubbing with jeff that's what we need right here all right uh he's talking about hardware now still on venture beat of course or is it game beat i can't keep it straight jeff i know you watch just tell us and you're wrong what the difference is because when i go there it says venture beat but then occasionally when i go to metacritic it says games beat and i'm like i don't know what i don't know what the difference is i don't know uh You've heard the reports uh, that more people turn to video games for entertainment and socialization in April. But now, industry tracking firm, the NPD Group, is putting some more numbers to that narrative. Consumers in the United States spent $420 million on new Nintendo Switch, Xbox Ones, and PlayStation 4s last month. That represents a huge year-over-year increase. Gaming sales hit an overall record in April. Quote, hardware spending in April 2020 grew 163% when compared to a year ago to $420 million, said NPD analyst Matt Piscatello. This is the highest total for an April month since the $427 million achieved in April 2008. Uh, Year-to-date spending reached $1.2 billion and a 30% increase when compared to a year ago. Once again, the Nintendo Switch came out on top. The younger system hasn't quite saturated the market like its older counterparts. It also doesn't have a major next-gen upgrade coming this fall, like the PlayStation 5 and Xbox Series X. But while that would traditionally mean declining sales for the PS4 and Xbox One, April wasn't traditional. Quote, Nintendo Switch was the best-selling hardware platform of April in both unit and dollar sales, said Piscatella. Dollar sales of PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Switch each increased by more than 160% when compared to April 2019. I'll do that again. Dollar sales of PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Switch each increased by more than 160% when compared to April 2019. My God. I know, I know. A huge number of people who sat out the current generation of hardware chose April to finally jump in. But Nintendo Switch is still the most exciting console for current hardware shoppers, and the evidence of that is in the system's record-setting sales pace. Quote, year-to-date dollar sales of Nintendo Switch are the highest of any hardware platform in U.S. history. Year-to-date dollar sales of Nintendo Switch are the highest of any hardware platform in U.S. history, said Piscatella. The previous high was set by the Nintendo Wii in the year-to-date period beginning April 2009. It's it's insane that crazy in a world where every single form of entertainment is floundering, video games are just... This is what we're on the rise. There's there's the streaming platforms, right? Like they're they're having record numbers of of signups and stuff, but like that's going to, that's eventually going to taper off. 
Whereas with this, this is hardware sales. Like they already made the sale. That just means that these more people are going to buy Mario Kart 8. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like more yeah. people are going to buy Red Dead Redemption 2. Like, like it's insane. Yeah, it's crazy and it's historic. And it's, I would love to look into that parallel universe where we aren't in a pandemic. You know what I mean? You aren't uh, sheltered in place. You aren't stuck at your house to see what these numbers look like, how much of that was going, you know, uh, like. It's outrageous, especially on the, you know, coming up to this. Cause again, if it was just, oh, sure, the Switch is having a year, that makes so much sense. But again, it's up 160% on each of the platforms, PS4, Xbox, and Switch, uh, when compared to April 2019, right? So yeah. even with this idea that, oh, shit, yeah, PlayStation 5, we should be getting an announcement anytime now, at least of when the PlayStation 5 announcement will be. But like that's happening this fall. Xbox, you know, Series X is happening this fall, but people are and, still you know, going out there buying it we're so late in the ps4's life cycle like not only is the ps5 coming out soon and like you know most people know that uh, you gotta imagine not everybody buying these knows that or understands that or cares even um but there's not a super cheap playstation 4 out there it's not like this is like the last ditch effort that we normally see in we're not getting the george foreman ps4 like we did with uh ps2 right or even ps3 yeah exactly um, yeah, that's what so I'm thinking. I'm sorry. So, oh, a top loader PS2, and then yeah, the sliding PS3. This this is crazy that like these the 160 is the like full retail price consoles. It's crazy. You can't. I can't. I don't know. It's awesome. <laughs> Great. Yes, yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see what keeps happening. And then also, it's. I, I wonder. You know, we keep talking and Phil, bring up the Phil Spencer quote of like. You know, that 2021 is when we're going to see the ripples in video game production, right? Of who's super far behind and what's happening. I wonder, looking ahead to next year, even with new consoles, will sales be down of games because we just don't have games ready for it or not enough big games ready for uh, 2021, not this new consoles just in general. Yeah. Or the few games that do come out, are they going to sell ridiculously yeah. well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of which, Greg Way, number two on the Roper Report, let's talk more about Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, of course, Jonathan Dornbush at IGN hosts a little podcast called Podcast Beyond that I think he just started last week. Uh, he does that, though, and covers PlayStation stuff, and he has more updates. Because ever since this State of Play showcase, uh, Nate Fox and Sucker Punch have been out there. Their hands, they're just like dropping Johnny Apple seeds of nuggets all over the place, right? They're just tossing out little things. Uh, Dornbush rounded some stuff up here I thought was all interesting. And I wanted to give it to you, Tim, somebody mm-hmm. who's excited for Ghost of Tsushima, oh, yeah. which excited me because you're usually not excited for these kind of games. Here we go. Ghost of Tsushima's recent State of Play showcase offered a brief look at how combat will work in the upcoming open-world PS4 adventure game from Sucker Punch. And it's actually a PS4 adventure from Sucker Punch. But some of the new details... Too close to the screen today. Some of the details have revealed just how challenging the combat is meant to be. Speaking with IGN Nordic, Ghost of Tsushima game director Nate Fox explained how Jin, uh, though a trained and skilled samurai, can be felled by a few hits. Players won't just be able to go in swords blazing, or won't just be able to go swords blazing into an encampment and take out dozens of foes. Quote, we are trying to make a grounded game in that sense. So a couple of blows from the enemy will kill you, Fox said. Uh, The game is very challenging. We have three words to describe combat, mud, blood, and steel. We absolutely honor the lethality of the sword. We watch samurai movies and people go down. Coolest thing you've ever said. Right there, we we absolutely honor we absolutely honor the lethality of the sword. Lethality, wow, lethality. Wow. Uh, we watched samurai movies, and people go down with one or two strikes, and that is embedded inside of the combat. Uh, beating the Mongols in battle will be hard, but it's that challenge that makes it feel alive and the victory rewarding. You can't just run into a camp and fight five people at the same time; you will get overwhelmed and die. 
The state of play showcased, I'm sorry, the state of play showcase uh, showed some expert play. When IGN spoke to creative director and art director Jason Connell about Ghost of Tsushima, he echoed uh, that sentiment of players needing to employ all of Jin's techniques, including those he acquires while donning the identity of the titular ghost. Quote, there can be a lot of enemies around you, and you'll have to start using some of those ghost tactics to start augmenting your play style, because otherwise, seven or eight guys around you might be too much for a samurai to handle, Connell told us. For those looking for extra challenge, though, they can turn to what Fox described as duels against other expert fighters. Quote, one thing we didn't show at State of Play, which I wish we had, was that the game features duels against other expert swordsmen. Uh, this is classic samurai stuff. Those fights are incredibly difficult, and they're driven from personalities, and and they're driven from personality, and get solved in the most cinematic way possible, which is so true to fantasy. You need to study your opponent and understand how they attack in order to win, he explained. Uh, we also have an answer to a lingering question from State of Play Showcase from st- from the State of Play Showcase's combat section. Dornbush, stop saying showcase so much. Just state of plays. We understand what it is. It's fucking me up, man. Don't you ever, when you write these things, think if Greg's too stupid to read them aloud. Namely, what exactly the HUD meant for uh, Tsushima's gameplay. Quote, so the red bar is health. The golden spheres are Jin's resolve. He uses those to regain a little bit of health. Also, it's his grit to perform his most devastating attacks. These attacks drain him a little bit. So you have to make a tactical decision if you'd rather heal or really bring the fight. Fox told GameSpot. Timothy Geddes. So this game sounds fucking awesome, right? Yeah, totally. <laughs> like, yeah, no. All of this sounds so... I love the emphasis on ensuring that it is as cinematic as a samurai film and how they are really trying to honor the lethality of it all. Uh, it's just... I, I, I'm so impressed. What they showed blew me away. And everything that they're talking about, I'm like, this sounds really, really, really cool. Am I going to be good enough to do this? That is another question entirely. And, and that's that the question the nanobiologist me. writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games with and says, hi, Greg and Tim. More important information has been revealed about Ghost of Tsushima, particularly the difficulty of the game. As a Sekiro fan, I'm excited to hear that it will be difficult and grounded. You take a couple of hits, you're dead. But for people like yourselves who aren't fans of hyper-difficult gameplay like a Soulsborne or a Sekiro game, does this turn you off to the game? Are you still willing to try it? But from an accessibility standpoint, are you concerned that this difficulty will hinder others from experiencing the game to its fullest? Or am I just too, being too concerned uh, now when Sucker Punch hasn't commented on if the difficulty can be changed or not with a story mode so people can experience the game while not getting pissed off when the inevitable guardian animal uh, gets back up and beats them to submission? I have a feeling that Sucker Punch understands all of this going into it. And is going there right now. They're saying all the right things to the right people, but eventually that group's going to widen, and then they're going to be like, "But also, there's this, 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 and this that you can do." Right? Yeah. I, I think that like that video games have just kind of gotten there at this point, where it is a talking point if your game doesn't have those type of accessibility options. And I, I, I think that a first party Sony title, like we've seen them, kind of put a lot of emphasis on making sure that their games are accessible. So I, I would imagine a late PS4 game from Sucker Punch. They're going to have that stuff. I also don't think it's going to be too challenging. I'm pretty excited, actually. I feel that I'm interested in the entryway, like gateway drugs to those type of games. I'm just not good at games, like period. That's just a fact that I need to deal with in my life and wake up. But you beat Cuphead. I did beat Cuphead. Um, But when it comes to like these type of third-person action games, like I 
I just lack that type of skill. And he, oh, sorry. So many of these games though are still fun to me though, and it's like I feel that it. To me, I just need to be rewarded with something from the gameplay that I'm looking for, and this cinematic experience sounds like it. That I, the idea that I'm in these duels and try, I want to get better to experience this amazingly crafted thing. I'm down for that. Yeah, mark my words. And I, well, first off, yes, there's going to be a, a myriad of difficulty options on here for you to play and you to decide how you want to play it and how you want to feel. Uh, I think when you look at this game, it will not be considered a super hard game because most people will not play it on super hard. I think you're just we're looking down the barrel of another uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Where if you want to, yeah, crank it up and have it be like you have a millisecond to do any of the reversal stuff. And you, there's one fucking frog you all hate. Like, I think there you don't have to worry about that here. I think even looking at the gameplay, it does not give me secure secure like difficulty vibes in terms of timing time is going to be there you know and again nate is talking about stuff he didn't show he's talking about these samurai duels with expert swordsmen right those i expect to be hard but i also expect them to be hard in the same way i expected on my initial playthrough uh assassin's creed odyssey mercenaries to be hard when i see the next one online and it's two levels ahead of me and you'd go in there and it was even though i would you know combat in assassin's creed is not hard it is not there's timing to it but it's not secure or souls but it kind of is where it was that, all right, cool, this guy is more powerful than me, so his hits take way more off of me, which meant I need to dodge roll all the time and wait till he's in that fro- – you know, in, in this is Odyssey, that slow motion hit to go in there and get him and take him out that way. Like, the, I, I love that part of gameplay. That is what I do love about gameplay. Uh, yeah, the – again, for Souls and stuff like that, like, it's never the – I, I, I know you're painting with a broad brush, not Nano, and it's me and Tim, so it's combining ideas here. Personally – I don't, I like, I like when I play Star Wars, uh, when, uh, the, the example I just gave of Odyssey, which I know is going to get me eaten alive in the comments for people who are like, it's not even near, I'm not saying exactly, but timing wise stuff, that kind of stuff I do like. It's the world of Soulsborne games that don't get it for me. When I turn on Bloodborne and there's the fucking weird thing and there's all these like gravestones and I keep dying and coming back, I'm like, this, this isn't engaging to me in terms of what this world is and what uh, I'd want out of it. It's more of that than it is anything else. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think when it comes to challenging games, like the ones that I tend to gravitate towards, like Celeste or yeah. uh, Cuphead, like the 2D platformer style, I think what I like about it most is if you lose, you're right back in. And I feel yeah. like uh, hopefully with this game, if it is difficult, which like I, I'm excited for it to be difficult, I'm excited to try something new and different. Um, I just hope that dying doesn't set you back through four load screens. And yeah, you know, like, like wait, I don't, I don't like when games waste my time. 100%. Uh, nanobiologist you're wrong himself and right it's going to say follow up to my question ghost of tsushima has multiple difficulty settings game will wreck you if you want turns turns out i'm a dumb dumb he says <laughs> you're not a dumb dumb and i but i do think that yeah you can crank it up and be that hard but it's up to you if you will right uh number three on the roper report 34 minutes into the show uh we have a man eater review roundup for you of course man eaters out right now today what is man eater man eater is a single player open world action rpg <laughs> this is the press release they put in parentheses shark PG, right? See what they're doing there? They they uppercase mm. the... All right. Mm. Uh, where you are the shark, starting as a small bull shark pup, you are tasked with surviving the harsh world while eating your way up the ecosystem. To do this, you explore a large and varied open world, encountering diverse enemies, both human and wildlife. Find the right resources, and you can grow and evolve far beyond what nature intended, allowing the player to tailor the shark to their playstyle. This is fortunate because to get revenge on the cruel fishermen that dismembered you 
will take that dismembered you you will take evolving into a massive shark the an apex predator of legends eat explore evolve as of 9 31 a.m pacific time on metacritic there's a slew of scores xbox's average is 76 P- pc is 71 ps4 is 68 at games beat not venture beat i don't know jason wilson says man eater is unique Tell me the last time you played an open world RPG. Oh, I'm sorry. And Games B gave it an 81. Jason Wilson writes, uh, Man Eater is unique. Tell me the last time you played an open world RPG as a mutating shark. Its sense of humor winks at you. It's challenging without being difficult. And it's hard not to enjoy the absurdity of being an armored shark that can destroy 10 or so boats as hunters are shooting you with automatic rifles and machine guns and throwing TNT at you. I would. <clears throat> Excuse me. I would have liked a bit more clarity on the storyline quests, and it would have been nice if Maneater would stay a bit more in the Im- imperial state of sharks of our. Oh, I see what you're saying. If it would say a bit more about the imperiled state of sharks in our world, and if you don't get the joke, you're not going to get this game. Otherwise, Maneater is just the thing I'd recommend for folks looking for these kind of experiences for the experiences uh, only games can provide. At IGN, it got a seven. Uh, Dan Stapleton writes, It's absolutely fun to play as mutant jaws on steroids. Maneater chews the metaphorical scenery as often as it has you devouring humans and the diverse sub or no, diverse aquatic inhabitants of the Gulf of Mexico. And that's some good dumb entertainment for a while. But if you're wondering whether it's shallow combat and simplistic upgrades can sustain the excitement for the roughly 15 hours it takes to become a hulking mega shark oh my and God. reach the end of its un- uninspired satirical revenge story, it cannot. Then a GameSpot, a 70, 7.0 right there. Phil Phil Hornshaw says, That mayhem would work a lot better if not for the camera issues, the loose panicky nature of combat, and some minor technical issues we faced while playing on PlayStation 4. In certain biomes in particular, the frame rate would often take a dive, which was especially frustrating when trying to survive an onslaught of hunters or a pack of hammerheads. I also experienced a rare bug that caused me to lose my save file and had two collectibles straight up not work when I collected them, preventing 100% completion and locking me out of one of the mutations. Publisher Tripwire says both the save bug and the collectible issue have been fixed with a pre-release patch. Issues aside, man-eater opportunities for shark chaos can be a lot of fun. The best parts of the game are akin to running around in Grand Theft Auto with a rocket launcher, indiscriminately wrecking everything you see uh, as the cops come zooming in from all directions in a futile attempt to stop you. But instead of a guy running around with an arsenal of weapons, you're a monster shark launching itself 30 feet into the air, barrel rolling straight through a boat, and plucking some screaming dork right off the the bow for good measure. With the sharply written, hilarious delivered narration and story beats to freshen up the experience as you go along, Maneater becomes a goofy, fish-flopping romp with a good balance of limbs to sever, boats to wreck, and challenging creatures to render into bite-sized chunks. Maneater isn't a perfect shark simulator, but it's a fun and funny one whose positive adaptations outpace its drawbacks. It sounds like a seven game. Yeah, for sure. And then, not a Metacritic-rated uh, reviewer at all, Jared Petty tweeted last night, I've been playing Maneater for about two hours. I love Maneater. I wish more games were like Maneater. Jared Petty. Sounds like a Jared Petty game as well. That we're recording true. PS I Love You XOXO today. That'll post on Tuesday because we're taking Monday off for a holiday. Uh, I've been playing Maneater as well. Uh, I am way more in line with like the Dan Stapleton review. Uh, I did it. I probably did an hour and a half, two-hour session with it. And it was that thing of like, Okay, like I get it. Like, I like people are talking about the panicky controls and camera issues. Like, that's the most annoying thing about it. When I'm coming in, zooming in, you lose lock on, you're doing something Mm -hmm. else. It's like, I get it. And this is fun, but it's like almost fun in the way uh, Octodad was for a lot of people. 
Mm. Like, okay, cool. I get this. I don't need to play the entire way through 15 hours of it. I'm not in the mood for 15 hours of that for sure. Number four on the Roper Report, Summer Games Fest has two more showcases. Uh, This is a press release from Summer Games Fest who says Summer Games Fest. That's what they wrote. In all digital month multi-month global gaming festival today announced the addition of two developer showcase events on june 22nd in july 20th the developer showcase events will spotlight a select group of upcoming indie and AAA video games curated by the day of the dev team and jeff Keeley, the game awards the summer game fest uh, developer showcases will take place on june 22nd and july 20th uh, with new content in each live stream including gameplay news and video game musical performances fans fans can stay tuned for all of the major streaming platforms and of course on summergamefest.com and man summer game fest continues to be the most fascinating thing that's happened to video games in a long time for me where i'm just like baffled at how unclear so much of it is it's like okay cool it's just a calendar of events why is even that calendar pretty unclear to look at and doesn't include (laughs) everything and it just seems like even with this like they they're so transparent with how they talk about these things, which I appreciate, but it gets to a point where we're using words that are synonyms differently. And it's like, why? I was looking at the site earlier and yeah. for like these events are described differently. When you, you go mean? to summergamefest.com, okay. I'm going to do it right now. Sure. So we got Summer Game Fest. You can look at the calendar. If you go to uh, like what's happening in June and you scroll down to this thing, Developer Showcase June. Tune in for a look at upcoming independent and larger scale projects. Then you go to July. Developers showcase July. Tune in for updates on upcoming independent and larger scale studio projects. Well, there you what go. The fuck's, what's the difference? Now you, know, now you know the difference. Come on. What's one's the difference? A game, one's a AAA game. One's a studio game. Come on, Tim. Get a Jeff Keeley's level. I don't know. It's weird, man. Do you get it? No. <laughs> I would say that like the stuff happening in July based on what you just read, yeah, upcoming independent and larger scale studio projects. It's larger scale, but it's not AAA. So how do you go in there? Like the the what you're doing here is trying to say for June, it's Indian AAA. Great. We all wrap our head around that. To go to then to July and be like it's indie and well these games aren't AAA, but you don't want to say double A. So it's a larger studio, a larger scale studio projects indicating that these aren't indies. These are these are double A games. That's, I mean, that's what it says that they're not the triple A's. They're not don't expect that kind of production value and those kind of scopes that you'll get in the first one. It's a polite way of saying it. You know what I mean? Larger scale projects and larger scale studio projects. The, the different word studio. <laughs> this is I mean, fucking weird, works, guys. I, I understand. Smart people out there understand it. You know what I mean? Okay, we can, we'll, we we'll see. We'll see when when we can compare these two and see what the actual definition of this is. If we will, fine. Have it your way. Uh, we, I will. I will. Uh, number five, and wrapping up the Roper Report for your Friday, Naughty Dog is using Twitter's new feature to fight spoilers. This is Matt came over at IGN. Earlier this month, substantial leaks for The Last of Us Part Two made their way online. Since then, it's become sadly easy to come across spoilers for the upcoming game on social media. Some have even taken to responding to every Naughty Dog tweet and Facebook post with leaks. Now, Naughty Dog is using a brand new Twitter tool to try and at least fight spoilers from appearing on that particular social media service. And uh, it's a new tool Twitter began testing yesterday that makes it so accounts can choose who is allowed to respond to a given tweet, even preventing anyone from responding at all. 
the new Twitter Convo tool lets accounts select who can at mention reply to your tweets. Uh, the options include either everyone, people you follow, or only people you mention. The latter option makes it so that if a social media account doesn't mention anyone, nobody can respond. Uh, this is still a tool Twitter is testing, and the company has only rolled it out to certain uh, a certain percentage of users globally. So this is likely not a permanent solution. But given the proliferation of The Last of Us 2 uh, spoilers in such a short amount of time, it is a useful tool to help anyone who doesn't wish to see spoilers under every new Twitter update from Naughty Dog. Cool. Yeah, just thought it was I, – I saw this – I saw the the you know the Twitter thing roll out, and I was like, okay, interesting, whatever. And then when I saw somebody point out that Naughty Dog was using us, oh, I can see it in that case. I can see where that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. I, it must be like, again, on top of just feeling fucking terrible that your game leaked, it's got to be such a downer for Naughty Dog to, to do anything in the run-up to this game, anywhere, celebrate any aspect of it, promote it in any way, and just have people in the comments be like, bah, bah. yeah, sucks, That's man. That's how you get the Snyder Cut. Okay, that's not exactly true. <laughs> I don't know what exactly you're implying there, and I don't like it one bit. Now I'm going to read the ad now, and I want you to think about what you just said and come back and apologize, all right? Remember, ladies and gentlemen, you go to patreon.com slash games to be part of the show, but you can also go there to get the show ad-free. Speaking of ads, Greg Way, this episode of Kind of Funny Games Daily is brought to you by Brooklinen. Uh, bringing comfort into your home is the ultimate form of self-care, and now more than ever, it's important to take care of yourself and each other. Spend a third of your life in your sheets. Don't you want them to be insanely comfortable? Just like my sheets and Tim's sheets and everybody else's Tim uh, sheets are kind of funny. Because, of course, Brooklyn has been with us for a long, long time. You've heard me talk about them before uh, when we got the original sponsorship years ago. Went there, went online, brooklinen.com. I mixed and matched, did different colors, did different schemes, got to see it all laid out, got them home. And as I've always said, they're the most comfortable sheets I legitimately have ever owned to the point that when we wash them, we strip the bed, wash the sheets, and then put them right back on the bed. We don't use any of the backup things. You know what I mean? The backup sheets are there for a reason. It's for when Porty has an accident, not for me to sleep in. Uh, Brooklinen products help you find comfort in little things, morning routines, extra soft sheets, plush towels, comfortable loungewear, and more. It's hard to imagine a summer stuck inside the house, but if we have to do it, let's keep everyone safe and as comfortable as possible. That's where Brooklinen comes in. Brooklyn's Memorial Day event is going on now, and if you don't want to miss out on all the big savings, including their newest Hammond and Linen collections, you should get ready. But if you can't wait, get 10% off your first order and free shipping with the promo code GAMES at brooklinen.com. Brooklinen, everything you need to live your most comfortable life. Brooklinen.com, 10% off with the code GAMES, GAMES, GAMES. Our other sponsor, ExpressVPN. Being stuck at home these days, you're probably, uh, you probably don't think too much about your internet privacy on your home network. You fire up incognito mode on your browser and no one can see what you're doing, right? Wrong. Even in incognito mode, uh, your online activities can still be traced. Even if you clear your browsing history, your internet service provider can still see every single website you've visited. That's why, even when you're home, you should go never go online without ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN makes sure your internet service provider can't see the sites you visit. Instead, your internet connection is routed through ExpressVPN's secure servers. Each ExpressVPN server has an IP address that's shared among thousands of users. That means everything you do is anonymized and can't be traced back to you. ExpressVPN also encrypts 100% of your data with best-in-class encryption, so your information is always protected. Use the internet with confidence from your computer, tablet, or smartphone. ExpressVPN has you covered on every device. Simply tap one button and you're protected. ExpressVPN has been uh, is the fastest and most trusted VPN on the market. It's rated number one by CNET, Wired, The Verge, and countless more. 
So protect your online activity today with the VPN you should trust to secure your privacy. Visit our special link at expressvpn.com slash games and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash games, expressvpn.com slash games to learn more. Tim, yeah, I will now accept your apology for your Snyder Cut comments. I'm sorry, Craig. You're welcome. Tim, if I wanted to know where I could go get, because this is not a cut's coming, but 2021 so far away. If I wanted something mm-hmm. more immediate, what came to the mom and grab shops, where would I go? The official list of upcoming software across each and every platform as listed by the Kind of Funny Games Daily Show hosts each and every weekday. Out today, Soko Bunny on Xbox One and PC, Extermination Force on PS4 and PC, Saints Row the Third Remastered on PlayStation 4, Xbox One and PC, Maneater on PS4, Xbox One and PC, Monstrum on PS4, Xbox One and Switch, Fault, Milestone One on PS4, Gunman Clive HD Collection on PS4, uh, Concept Destruction, PS4, Xbox One, Switch and PC, Animal Up on Switch, Project Genesis on PC, uh, Btita, is a btita, titties, PC and Mac, in existence, rebirth PC, the Trud on PC, view from below on PC, moon run on PC and Mac, I Dracula Genesis on PC, gunfire reborn on PC, two bit hero on Steam, towers of Everland comes to Apple Arcade. Greg, I love that you didn't you didn't explain what just happened. Well, I, to somebody they to somebody they know what BTDIs is, and they're like, I'm fucking stoked for that game. And so they heard it out today. They're great. <laughs> and just kept going. That's yeah, what I the, do. Game, the game is spelled B-E-A-T-I-T-A-S, which yes, it's weird to say. Petitas, probably. So, but you just went back. That's how I do it. That's how I do it here. Kids love it. All right. There's a reason they keep coming back, and it ain't for the news, all right? It's for the fucking laughs. Okay deals of the day for you playstation days of play sale is on this is at select retailers you can go get a bunch of stuff the blog has it but there's stuff like getting the gold wireless headset cheaper uh you can get the show for 40 bucks predator hunting grounds death stranding and dreams are all 30 bucks uh days gone medieval blood and truth are 20 bucks damn that's a really good deal uh every golf vr 15 bucks astrobot rescue mission is not 10 bucks you got to go get that last of us remastered uh you can get uh 30 off playstation plus subscriptions there's a whole bunch of good shit on it mm-hmm. so go check it out I like PlayStation games. That was a good time to buy them. And who doesn't? You know what I mean? Especially $10 for Last of Us Remastered, man. I just got it for $15. Could save five bucks. Where are you at? Yeah. You, how are you still playing it? Yeah, I am. Uh, I'm uh, almost done with Pittsburgh. Okay. Yeah. You still getting car sick on the giant f- on the screen there? Yeah, yeah. What if you sit further back in one of the bigger, the further I've back? I've done chair? that. I've been doing uh, it. That, that does help. Okay. But, you know, getting great game. Fantastic screen. fucking game, man. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Yeah. These bloaters, though. Telling you, terrifying. Too many shots. They take too many shots. Yeah, yeah. I hear you there. I hear you there. Um, Tim, mm-hmm. I have a question for you from the nanobiologist. He writes into Patreon.com/slash Kind of Funny Games and says, "Hi, Greg and Tim. The Kingdom Hearts TV series is reportedly in development and maybe a show for Disney Plus. I just want to know, Kingdom Hearts expert Tim, is how much of a dumpster trash fire you think this will be." Will be the same dumpster trash fire with story that we all think the Metal Gear Solid movie will be, or more, since there will be more time to make it convoluted and somehow make the plot even crazier. 
Thanks, and may your heart be your guiding key, the nanobiologist. There's a, there's a lot to digest here. Here's my thing. I actually, if the Metal Gear Solid movie comes out, I don't think it's going to be a disaster. I think that it has potential to make a lot of sense and work. Okay. Do you agree with me? Yes. So I think especially if they, if they start at the, I mean, it's the, how much do we know about Jordan Vote Roberts' Metal Gear? Well, he's, every year it up, seems. He puts up all sorts of shit. <laughs> yeah, but this month, he, during the quarantine, every day he's putting up different concept art from it and different, like, things that ILM actually did VFX for, and it looks freaking incredible. Okay. My thought would be, like, I think when we think about Metal Gear being a convoluted story or whatever, it's when we start really getting into the minutia. I thought Metal Gear Solid as a game was not convoluted to play and, and understand what was going on, especially being dropped into a game that was, for all intents and purposes, right, a sequel to Metal Gear. This it, I, I didn't know any of that coming in. I just jumped in and it was like, okay, I'm, I've been, I'm Snake. I've been reactivated for this mission. You go on, a bunch of stuff happens. Spoilers, I guess, for Metal Gear Solid. But it was like, I got it. I understood what Foxhound was. I understood what we were doing. Yeah, totally. I, I even think like making it more complicated and adding other elements. I think moviegoers have a better understanding of like crazy wacky ass ideas now. And I think that we're just so much more susceptible sure. to understanding that type of stuff. If presented well, I think there is a chance it could be good. Talking about kingdom hearts. First off, I don't think this is true at all. Like these rumors are, these are the type of rumors that I'm like, okay, where did these actually come from? Somebody just fucking tweeted it. And then, then a Everybody's random like, ass website wrote a headline about it. Like, yeah, I, I, I can't imagine a kingdom hearts show actually happening. I would love if it did. I feel like it could be really cool, but God, that's going to get convoluted in the first episode. It's going to be fucked. <laughs> Not a chance that show makes sense. Not a single chance. Unless you give it to like Dave Filoni and they're like, you know what, dude? Figure it out. Fix it. Like, I got it. I can do this for you. I got a cowboy hat. He does have a cowboy hat and that is a big deal. And that's, mm -hmm. I think, honestly, what really his powers come from. I agree. Okay. Good. Mm -hmm. um, Michael Kennedy Gother writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games and says bonjour from quebec city what's up uh i was dealing with a pretty bad pro wrestling injury in the last couple of years because of that situation i've missed most of the games from ps4 slash xbox one generation now that my health is better i am working on catching up on the great games i missed so my question is what games from the ps4 xbox one era do you feel are must plays tim gettys you have the floor god of war yeah, there Spider Man. Yeah. Would you put Gears Five in there? No, I yeah. love Gears Five, but I don't think, you don't think it's a must play. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Spider Man, God of War, uh, Uncharted Four, Breath of the Wild, right? Breath of the Wild. I mean, you yeah, said that PlayStation Four, Xbox One, but if we're like, come on, man, we're floating this mm -hmm. up. We got to put that there, right? Animal Crossing. I know Tim doesn't agree. I thought I'd get something out of him, but he. Didn't I mean, agree. yeah, I don't know. I would, I would not say so. But Horizon. No, you don't think I that I'd give Horizon the must play? It's like because we're throwing a lot of games at it. You know? Sure. He's Personally, I put, I put like Spider Man to me. Like I is more similar to Horizon than it is God of War. But I feel like the Spider Man IP is just so fun and, and oh, like, so powerful. Yeah. Yeah, that I, I give it the the nudge there. Yeah, I mean um, that's a good that's a solid list to start with. Witcher three. Yeah, I mean this is again we're, this is our normal problem right of we're shooting blind of like yeah, we, we don't know what, what this person's into. 
we know we, we know Michael Kennedy's in Quebec City. That's nice. I know that much. Yeah. Okay. You want to go there? That says. Want... Maybe he would like Horizon then. The colors will make him think of home. I don't know what colors. In... I don't know what that means at all. So let's move on. <laughs> it's time to squat up. This is where one of you writes in to patreon.com slash kind of funny games, giving us your name, username, platform of choice, and why you need help in a video game. We read it. You guys all find each other. You play games. You have a good time together. Today, Frankfurter writes in, uh, the game he needs help in is life. Uh, good morning, KFBFs, and happy long weekend. My friend, your friend, and everyone's most hated, I mean love, damn it, Mod, the nanobiologist, will have completed another rotation around the sun this weekend. So I wanted to wish him a very happy birthday. I know he's planning to stream on his Twitch this weekend slash tonight and take a shot for whenever he gets a couple of subs. So please go give your support and love to our favorite You're Wrong contributor and number two question submitter out there. Have a great, safe weekend, everyone, and we will see you here next week. Uh, yes, it is Nanobiologist's birthday. Thank you. Happy birthday, Nano. A round of applause at home for him, Tim. Of course, Nanobiologist, the most dedicated of the You're Wrong community in there. Sometimes not even You're Wronging, just talking. At which point I delete them and don't pay attention to them. But he does a lot of good stuff out there and he has good questions and he's always here. We appreciate that. We love you very much, Nano. Happy, happy birthday. Uh, It's time for You're Wrong. This is where one of you writes in to Patreon. No, 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 I'm sorry. Kindoffunny.com slash you're wrong because you're watching live on Twitch. Um, Again, I'm just so close to the screen today. I I just feel like I'm inside it. It hurts my eyes. Uh, Katie G says Dragon Ball Z Kakarot released on the 16th of January. Uh, Charles Jacobson says it's worth noting on Red Dead Redemption 2 it's often on sale uh, including last month so it might explain why it keeps having legs uh, as people are willing to give it a shot at that price Shredberg says for Doom Eternal NPD is not tracking console digital or PC sales which accounts for a very high percentage of the total game sales for Doom even more so uh, than other games in the NPD top 20 this is why the game seems to underperform when using NPD as a metric well remember uh, it, uh, uh, now we're out there. Now that we've said this, I want to say maybe I do remember Bethesda not saying they wouldn't give NPD stuff. NPD. Mm. But I feel like that's, we would have gotten eaten alive for that already, right? Man eater. Man eater. Oh yeah, I see what you're doing. Eaten alive. See, Quebec City. Like, there's a lot of mountains. There's a lot of trees and colors when it's fall. Yeah, yeah no, it's it's a uh, Quebec City I've been to in fall. It's beautiful. No, there's a lot of stuff going on there. You can describe Horizon the same way. No, it's, you know, this is another Games Beat article where they had it. A lot of leaves. Oh, that's 2017, though. Some trees. Yeah, Very colorful trees. Yeah. Quebec has the robot yeah. dinosaurs. Mm. You're going to feel right at home. Mm. Yeah, I don't know if I, well, I, I, because I feel like I start to buy it, Shredberg, and then we went into the whole thing of like, they still give it to MVD sometimes unless they're first party, what they said with the asterisks or stuff. But then I guess if it wasn't in the list, why would it be there? Whatever. Somebody write in and clarify what's going on with Bethesda. Um, Should we call Pete Hines? No, he's busy. and we're, we're wrapping up the show. He's not. The nanobiologist corrects the He's not busy. To clarify, my birthday is on Monday. <laughs> like he, he's clarifying the birthday shout out he got. He's you're wronging that because. Did you explain that we're not doing a show on on Monday, so we'd have to do it late? You do know? what? Oh, okay. We either okay, say Kevin. it early, or we say it late. Late, it doesn't matter. At that point, late, it's over. Cares. Late, it's over. It doesn't. He's matter. a year older. You know. 
Exactly. We have to wait another rotation. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, that's Kind of Funny Games Daily. Let's talk about next week, however. It is Kind of Funhouse Week. That's right. We're having a crossover with our pals mm-hmm. over at Funhouse, meaning you get a bunch of cool crossover content on both channels. Uh, as I said, Monday, it's a holiday here in America. We're off. However, Tuesday, it'll be me and Adam Kovic hosting. Wednesday, it'll be Blessing and Alana Pierce hosting. Thursday, it'll be Blessing and Adam Kovic hosting. Friday, it'll be me and Alana hosting. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Kind of Funny Games Daily. Each and mm-hmm. every weekday on a variety of platforms, we run you through the nerdy video game news you need to know about. If you like that, go to patreon.com slash games where you can get the post show we're about to do. Of course, you can also get the show ad free there. You can support us. You can have a good time. It's no big deal. Because uh, if you don't have the bucks, you can watch live twitch.tv slash games. You can watch later youtube.com slash games. You can watch on Rooster Teeth. You can listen on podcast services around the globe. No matter where you get the show, thank you for your support. Consider rating it, sharing it with your friends, etc., etc. And no. Until next time, if you're not coming to the post show, it's been our pleasure to serve.